0: And put on like our, our uh, PowerPoint here. Gold is the color of the star that we see when it's depicted, things like that, that the wise men followed and. to protect and raise this family. After the angel visited Joseph in a dream, confirming what Mary had told him about her pregnancy, Joseph and Mary were ready to face all odds just to save their son, Jesus. I think this is evident as as he is born, where they flee to Egypt in the middle of the night. And I think as you you see the way that that Jesus grows up, Joseph and Mary were, were there to protect him and care for him. I also think it shows how God treats everyone equally. And Jesus, his own son, proved this to the world. I said earlier that gold is the color of the sun, it's the color of light, both are very important in wintertime. Uh, and actually, when you put red and gold together, they're the colors of fire that you need to keep warm in the wintertime and in the, in the cold. So we're going to start off with a few questions about the color gold and about some of the biblical things that are associated with it. Who were the wise men? Okay, they were wise men, they were magi. What were their names? No, those, are, those were different wise men. They, they too were wise. We don't really know. We, their names are not mentioned. <laughs> well done. Rick. <laughs> they were wise men, likely. They were astronomers. They were scholars. Some church historians uh, believe that they learned about the star from the prophecies of Daniel. How many wise men were there? More than one. More than one. Good answer. <laughs> Yeah, we we don't know. Um again, names aren't given. Three gifts are mentioned by name, gold, frankincense and myrrh. Three gifts are focused on, but it's also believed that there were there were other people in that group and and even other gifts that were given to Mary and Joseph as well. When did they show up? We don't know. Okay. We don't know, so we have from from we don't know to less than 2 years. Again, we do know pretty confident they were not at the manger when Jesus was born. Most say they arrived at a house approximately right around two years after Jesus was born. Uh, it was after they arrived at, at that house or that place that Joseph was then instructed by God in a dream to leave in the middle of the night and take his family and hide out in Egypt. So why did the men bring frankincense, gold, and myrrh, plus possibly other gifts? Do what? Symbology. Oh, that's a big word. Any other ideas? To help with the escape. Okay, to help with the escape. I, I, that's that's very probable. Here's God providing for what's going to be needed. They're giving gold. And Rick, what do you think? I heard these guys were called king makers, and they were sent by God to anoint His king. All right, not not a bad thought. Show me that. No, I'm just kidding. We'll, we'll get into that later. That's a good. I'll study that some more. Here's the thing. There's a lot of artistic liberty that is taken when it comes to the wise men and even the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Uh, We see it all through Christmas movies. I I talked about it on Christmas Eve as we see our our, uh, traditional manger that we set up in our yards and things like that. But I appreciate the artistic liberty that was taken in the movie, The Nativity Story. The wise men approach Mary and Joseph and they present Jesus with gifts. Now, I can say they're a little off base because it's baby Jesus in the manger and I think he was older. But, but what they say is this, gold for the king of kings, frankincense for the priest of priests, and myrrh for the sacrifice he will make. I thought, ooh, that's pretty powerful. And so today we're going to look at the gift of gold and we're going to look at what it means. But I want you to keep in mind that God does nothing by accident. I like that concept of, of king makers. I like what you shared, Joey, about, hey, these were things that provided for this trip. God does nothing by accident. And there are, there are many truths that are hidden in what we're going to talk about today. So, so why gold? Why was this color of Christmas, this gift of gold given to baby Jesus? I have three reasons that I think are pretty good. And you can study them yourself. First off, gold represents purity. Many times when the Bible or other ancient texts talk about purity, it uses two things. They use two different things. Snow, they say whiter than snow or purer than snow. And we talked about that last week when I talked about the color white. Um, And they also mention gold. Malachi chapter three, verses one through four says this about gold. He says, it says, Behold, I send my messenger and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. And the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. Here it comes. But who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire, like a fuller's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. And he will purify the sons of Levi and refine them like gold and silver. And they will bring offerings in righteousness to the Lord. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord as in the days of old. And as in former years, this is a prophecy of Jesus' coming that he will refine and restore his people, that he will refine us like gold. What about Zechariah, excuse me, Zechariah 13, verse nine says this, and I will put this third into the fire and refine them as one refined silver and test them as gold is tested. They will call upon my name and I will answer them. I will say they are my people and they will say the Lord is my God. Jesus came to be that fire. He came to purify us. He came to test us. He came to refine us. He came to restore us to, to that amazing quality. Listen, that's what's amazing about gold. When it's not pure, it's very easy to spot the imperfections. Gold in its raw state, in its natural form has dirt and it has other stuff in it. And it's very easy to degrade the quality of gold. So this is how they purify it. It's really, it's a cool process. If you have hours to just spend because it will suck you in, go on YouTube and type in gold refinement and things like that because there's just something about watching it melt down and watching them do the work. It is amazing. Anyway, they put gold over a fire and and it just just starts melting down and it's, it's shiny and it's yellow and it's brilliant. and 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 maybe it's just because of the fire around it and the gold itself but it's just neat to watch and then the gold is heavier than the dirt and the grime and the impurities and so what happens is the gold sinks kind of to the bottom and all of the the unnatural stuff all the dirt all the grime all the yuck floats to the top and the goldsmith has this little tool and and it's like a really impressive little fishnet kind of thing and he he just kind of skims all the crud and the garbage off the top and throws it off to the side and he repeats the process several times until the dirt is gone and there's nothing there but just this beautiful reflection and this 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 just this gold it's one of the reasons that people used gold back in the days they love it so much it's 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 easy to purify it looks good when it's clean it looks it's just amazing when it's pure and it's restored much like us before God because of Jesus. You see, the scripture tells us when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, that our our sins are now separated from us as the east is to the west. When we stand before God with Jesus there on our behalf, that's what God sees, that we've been purified. Just like gold, though, we have to let Jesus take our lives. We have to let him refine us. We have to let him shape us, mold us, get that that junk and gunk and all that stuff off the top and cast it aside. Let him just skim it off. That's why he came. The reason Jesus stepped out of heaven and onto earth was this. Look at Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, verses 20 and 21. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. See, Jesus was the spotless lamb of God, pure, purer than gold. But he came into the world so that we could be made pure, so that we can be ambassadors for him. But that's not the only reason he came, which brings me to another thing, another attribute, if you will, of this color of Christmas that is gold. In our culture, and even way, 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 way back in in the beginning of time, gold also represents marriage. Now, today's culture, we've messed things up. All you trendy people with your rings made out of wood and rubber and other things that aren't gold. Back in the day, we had gold wedding rings and we liked them. Don't get me started on that. It's too late you got me started. When I did Andrew Harris and Mary Harris's wedding... I was all excited because I had this little bit about how rings are made of gold and they're pure and, and they remind us that love is is costly because a gold ring is expensive and Andrew's ring is made out of wood. It's pretty wood. It costs more than gold. No, I'm kidding. I don't know how much it costs. But I was like, it's a wooden ring, Andrew. You're messing up my whole illustration about rings and Anyway, gold represents marriage, the rings that bring people together. And like I said, many people have broken with tradition. They have platinum and silver and wood, and now these little rubber rings that don't, you know, that are like indestructible, but originally, Wedding rings were primarily gold. And a gold wedding ring isn't a new thing. In the Old Testament, there's a story where Abraham is trying to find a wife for his son. So he sends his servant to find him a wife. And the servant meets a woman after praying at a well where his camels were drinking in Genesis chapter 24, verses 22 through 28. Look at this. It says, when the camels had finished drinking, the man took a gold ring weighing a half shekel and two bracelets for her arms weighing 10 gold shekels. That's some nice gold right there. And he said, please tell me whose daughter you are. Is there room in your father's house for us to spend the night? She said to him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Micah, whom she bore to Nahor. She added, we have plenty of both straw and fodder. That's what they would make a bed up with and room to spend the night. The man bowed his head and worshiped the Lord and said, blessed be the Lord, the God of my master, Abraham, who has not forsaken his steadfast love. And his faithfulness toward my master. As for me, the Lord has led me in the way to this house of my master's kinsman. Then the young woman ran and told her mother's household about these things. So check this out. This is what just happened. All right. The woman, she goes and tells her mother's household about it. And just like that, I mean, she's engaged. All right. That was it. Now, that's a little different than how we do things today. But also... In that in this case, back then the difference is the ring, the gold ring, was put in her nose, not on her finger. Ladies, you know you want that tradition back. Am I right? No, we're not. No. Okay. It was put in her nose. But that, that right there, what I just shared with you from Genesis, is the first instance of someone getting engaged in the Bible. Everyone else that we meet up to this point in the, in the Bible is either already married or somebody's rib. There's no engagement. <laughs> it's, it's true. It's there. Okay? But, but just as they did back then, gold rings were used to represent engagement and marriage. Now, stay with me. I'm getting to a point. Okay? There really is. This is Matt kind of tried to steal it with his, his communion and offering meditation. Um, Uh, You've heard today that Christ is about relationships, and that's it. Christ came to have a relationship with us, a relationship that is not just a friendship, but that is much like a married relationship. The church is referred to as the bride of Christ. He came to be married to us. And, And marriage is different than just a friendship or a working relationship or an association with someone. Marriage is a relationship where you are committed to each other, where you love each other, where you work through things, you are honest with each other, you communicate with each other. It's a relationship where you build each other up. And so the church is the bride of Christ. Look at Luke chapter 5, verses 33 through 35. And they said to him, the disciples of John fast often and offer prayers. And so do the disciples of the Pharisees, but yours eat and drink. They're they're giving Jesus a hard time because his disciples aren't, aren't fasting. And Jesus said to them, can you make wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast in those days. Ephesians 5, 25 through 30 says this about the marriage relationship. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot, And he wants us to love him the same way. He wants us to reflect that love in our relationships with one another, in our friendships, but especially in our marriages and our families, pure and refined like the gold in a wedding band. Gold also represents the kingship of Christ. That's the third thing I want to talk about. Gold has forever been part of the signs of royalty. Even in, in places like Mexico and South America, there are stories of people of royalty that have... Uh, Many years ago, they had rooms made of solid gold and just storehouses of gold. Gold has has a history of just being used to give tribute to the king, to a king. And in the Bible, it's no different. First Kings 10 verse 14 talks about Solomon's riches. It says the weight of gold that came to Solomon in one year was 666 talents of gold. In case you're trying to figure that out, that is roughly 25 tons of gold. Yeah, Uh, saying 666 talents doesn't really do it justice. That's a lot of gold. Can you imagine that? 50,000 pounds of gold a year. Why? Because he was the king. Why else? Even now around the world where there are kings and queens, they are given huge amounts of money each year simply because they're the ruler. The use of gold is is the way that we portray kingship. 2 Samuel 12, uh, 29 and 30. David gathered all the people together. And went to Rabbah and fought against it and took it. And he took the crown of their king from his head. The weight of it was a talent of gold, and in it was a precious stone, and it was placed on David's head. And he brought out the spoil of the city, a very great amount. What's the first thing you think of when you picture a king? A crown. Yeah, you you see them, they've got their robes on and maybe a scepter and, and all these different things, but they've always got. A crown and did you know i didn't I didn't realize this till I started looking into kings and crowns and things like that. They have a bunch of crowns they don't just have a crown they've got they've got a ceremonial crown that's really fancy and and elaborate for fancy elaborate things for coronations and fancy things that kings do they've got a less more like their business casual crown It's a little less pomp and circumstance to it. Kings back in the day even had battle crowns when they would go out in battle. It was, it was a little, you know, I guess it was a little more uh, aerodynamic for their riding their horse. I don't know how they were built, but they were just, but they, had, they were like your average king had several different crowns and they all had a different purpose, but you knew the king was approaching because that was the guy wearing the crown. They always had some sort of gold crown on their head. Even if it was just in a time of peace, some kings had crowns that were just, they looked like olive branches, but they were gold, just gold little olive branches. They always had a crown. Psalm 21 verses one through three says this, O Lord, uh, in your strength, the king rejoices and in your salvation, how greatly he exalts. You have given him his heart's desire and have, now withheld, have not withheld the request of his lips. Selah. For you meet with him, you meet him with rich blessings. You set a crown of fine gold upon his head. People recognized the king because there was a crown on his head, a gold crown. The way we have forever and ever shown that someone is a king has been through gold. It's no different with God. God showed his position as king of the Israelites with gold. It started at the tabernacle. He didn't necessarily, he he didn't have anything of him with a gold crown. But but when they started with the tabernacle with Moses in the Holy of Holies, everything was overlaid or made out of pure gold. The Ark of the Covenant, the lampstand, the table for the bread of the presence, the altar of incense, all of it was made out of gold. But then hundreds of years later, Solomon builds the temple of God in First Kings uh, chapter 6, verses 19 through 20. Picture this in your mind. The inner sanctuary he prepared in the innermost part of the house to set there the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. The inner sanctuary was 20 cubits wide and 20 cubits high, and he overlaid it with pure gold. He also overlaid an altar of cedar, and Solomon overlaid the inside of the house with pure gold. And he drew chains of gold across in front of the inner sanctuary and overlaid it with gold. And he overlaid the whole house with gold until all the house was finished. Also, the whole altar that belonged to the inner sanctuary he overlaid with gold. Look, everybody look up. Look at the ceiling, right? We've, we've got a nice little, you know, stair-stepped, fancy ceiling. Look, look at these walls. We've got nice, large walls. Look at the floor, okay? Now, think about this. Imagine this whole room, gold, the ceiling gold. Yeah, we, <laughs> we'd be wearing sunglasses if <laughs> the people were covering their eyes. But that, the whole room, gold, the floor, the walls, the ceiling, gold hanging down everywhere you look, that was the holy of holies in the temple of God. God letting his people know he was the king of kings from the very beginning. I think God had the wise men give the gift of gold to make a point. And it's hard for us to understand that point in America because you have to earn your way. That's the, that's the American way. You go out, you work hard, you want to be the boss, you earn it. You start out in the mail room, you end up, And the VP, if you, you know, you want to be president, you got to get the votes. You have to work hard. You want to earn it. You have to earn it. That's not how a monarchy works. Right now, Queen Elizabeth is on the throne in England. And when she passes on, Prince William will be king unless he does something really stupid. And then the next guy will be king. And why? Because he was born Prince William. His family is the ruling house of Windsor. He is next in line simply because of how he was born and who he was born. It's the reason that gold was a vital gift to Jesus. It was proof to everyone. Like Rick said, Jesus was the king of kings. He is the king of kings. The wise men were king makers, and they brought the king of kings a gift of gold. He wasn't born into the kingly family like everyone thought he would be. Herod was angry when he found out the news. He wasn't born in a palace like some had predicted, but he was still God's son, and he was the prince of peace and the king of kings because of who his father is. Jesus is king because of who he is. He didn't have to earn being the son of God. He was the son of God from the beginning. John says, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The word was with God in the beginning. Jesus was there from the beginning. Revelation 19, 16 even says, on his robe, when talking about Jesus' return, on his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. His birth starts out with this gift being given to him. His return is wrapped up in who He is, King of kings and Lord of lords, simply because of who He is and who His Father is. And the same way you are who you are, not because of your past, not because of what you've done or haven't done, not because of how good or bad you are or how good or bad you think you are. You are who you are because of who He is and who your Father is. You are sons and daughters of the Most High God. Because you've been adopted into his royal family. If you choose to be. Jesus came to be the king of this world. And he desperately wants you to be in his family. To be the bride that I talked about before. But just like with any marriage proposal, you have the right to say, yes, I'll marry you. Or no, I won't. But know this. Jesus came as the prince of peace, the king of kings, to give you the choice. The choice is yours to be in his family or not and to be a part of spiritual royalty. If you accept that, you will walk on streets of gold when you spend eternity with him. Or at least that's what we say because we have nothing to compare how amazing heaven is. You see, these wise men brought gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Jesus is not asking you for costly gifts. All of those gifts were costly. They were expensive. He simply wants you. Will you offer yourself to him? Will you allow him to refine you like gold? That's a process. Fire's hot. Newsflash. Refining, it's, it's a hot, sweaty, nasty process. And, and the same thing, as you grow and mature in Christ, it may be a bit of a, a nasty, sticky, dirty process as you allow yourself to be refined, as you allow Jesus to skim the junk out of your life. But will you allow him to refine you like gold? Will you allow Jesus to do whatever it takes to restore you to the image that you were created in? Will you consider this morning what it takes for gold to be made pure again? And consider what it takes for you to be made whole again in Christ's image. Consider what it takes to to allow yourself to be a reflection of Christ and a reflection of this pure color of Christmas as you consider that, will you stand and sing our response song with us and respond to God's word accordingly this morning.